This is the reality. Again, welcome to The Reality with me, Dudley Anderson. So good to have your company. The reality is about lives touched and changed by the reality of Jesus. If you've had a touch of God in your life, I'd love to hear from you, and maybe we can chat together. Write me an email, if you will, dudley at surereality.net. Dudley at surereality.net. Down The Reality, we're featuring the Reality Bible Special with Pastor Peter Jenkins. Hebrews 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The world has been in uproar with the unsolicited military attack on Ukraine by Vladimir Putin's forces. Hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced from their homes in Kiev while missiles rain down on the city. So where is God in this battle? Does Scripture speak about world affairs like this? One thing we do read in Scripture are the words of Jesus Christ, who said in Matthew 24, verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Jesus promised that he would come again. Every day lived here on earth is a day closer to the return of Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Together we declare Maranatha, come soon. Lord Jesus. So, whatever the state of world affairs, know this, if God is for you, none can stand against you. And I want you to know today that if everybody's against you, God is for you. If you feel like giving up, you're in a valley of dry bones, there seems no way out, hear the word of the Lord, God is for you. Before the foundation of the world, he ordained you would be alive at this time in history. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And that's what Ezekiel 38 is all about. God stands up, shakes the world with earthquakes and fire from heaven. And the whole world will know that God is God. Please note that today's teaching is the opinion of Pastor Peter Jenkins. Wonderful to have Pastor Peter Jenkins once again with us today in the studio. This is the Reality Bible Special. And uh, thank you once again, Pastor, for joining us. Today on the Reality Bible Special, we're going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 38 and chapter 39. We're not going to read the whole lot. Tell us about it. The thing is, we don't understand it all, but we just hope that it will at least whet your appetite. Read these chapters for yourself and ask God to speak to you out of these verses. Mm. Ezekiel 36, one verse. Speak to the mountains of Israel. Shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people. The mountains of Israel today, which is the mountains of Judea and Samaria, called the West Bank, are today full of vineyards. How amazing is that? Mm -hmm. Incredible. Speak to the mountains. (laughs) (laughs) If God can speak to mountains, he can speak to people, Dudley. Yeah. Absolutely. Ezekiel 37, I'll put my spirit within you. You will come to life. I'll place you in your own land, and you will know that I, the Lord, have done it. Which brings us into Ezekiel chapter 38. So because Ezekiel is written chronologically in order, It's very important to understand that. It shows us where we are right now. We've seen the Valley of Dry Bones. We've seen that nation that was virtually wiped out in the Holocaust come alive again. God's brought them back into their own land, and they became a mighty nation, one of the most influential in the world, which then tells me, in my simple understanding, that the next chapter after 37 is 38. (laughs) So, So what's next? I mean, this is a reasonable thing, isn't it? Ezekiel 
38 asks some questions. Who are the nations that are involved in Ezekiel 38? Because they have they given na- names that we don't maybe fully recognize mm. today. Mm. When is it going to take place? Why is it going to take place? And what is God going to do? Mm. These are simple questions, really. We read about Gog and Magog. Now, I've studied this in depth, and most Bible commentators equate Gog and Magog with the Scythians, which goes right back to what we would call today Russia. Mm. We go right back to that time. Now, Gog and Magog are mentioned again in Revelation chapter 20. It's not the same battle that we're reading about. Let me just briefly say this. There are several battles that the Bible clearly says will happen. We talk about wars and rumors of wars. That's quite general. But specific battles. There's Ezekiel 38, a specific battle. There is the Battle of Armageddon, which this is not Armageddon. That Mm. takes place at the end of the tribulation. And at the end of the millennium, there's another final battle. So there are three battles the Bible clearly tells us will happen in the future. They have never happened before, and they will happen in the future. Three different battles, Ezekiel 38, the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the Tribulation, and then there's another battle at the end of the Millennial Reign, which is in Revelation 20. So we need to understand that, otherwise we get confused. Mm. Which battle is this battle, and when could it take place, and which nations are actually involved in this? The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, 93 times in the prophecy of Ezekiel, that description is you, son of man. This is something that God is speaking to us as human beings. He wants us to understand this. This is not something that's pie in the sky. He wants us to understand it. Set your face against Gog and the land of Magog. Gog means prince. Mm-hmm. It, it literally means ruler. Magog, Meshach, Tubel, that's areas, that's that's a nation, that's a country. So God is saying, he's prophesying that a battle is going to take place that's going to be led by a prince, by a ruler, a strong leader of a nation. That nation, Meshach, Tubal, Magog, as it's prophesied here, most Bible commentators have said the same thing. They've traced it back to the Scythians, and that today is the land from the north, because it specifically says that right from the north, is the land of Russia. Hmm. Now, there isn't a country more more prominent on the world stage today than Russia. Mm-hmm. We go back to 1990 with the collapse of the Soviet Union, and we all know that the Soviet Union was a powerful, powerful thing. But, the, but under communism, it became so inefficient that they decided to go from communism. They didn't want a capitalism, but they wanted a mixed economy. So they wanted to encourage businesses to become more prosperous, more independent. But it took so long that virtually the country went bankrupt while it was waiting for that to happen under, under Gorbachev till actually Gorbachev resigned as a result of that. Mm. And I was involved in Romania in the early 1990s after the fall of communism, when all these states broke away, Hungary, Bulgaria, all the Eastern Bloc, the Warsaw Pact, all broke away and had independence, all the countries we call the stands today, all broke away because of the collapse of the old Soviet empire. Mm. Now the Bible, this is an amazing thing to me, right? The Bible tells us that Russia will be very prominent in end-time prophecy. Well, how could that happen when the Soviet Union has collapsed? Let me just think about these things, right? We've got to, we've got to apply this to today, 
How could it happen? I checked some sermon notes that I've got. <laughs> at the end, uh, at the end of the collapse of the Soviet Union, the early 1990s, when I was, we first got involved in Romania, and um, would you believe, I said that the bear, which represents Russia, right. the bear has gone into hibernation, but it hasn't died. Mm -hmm. It will come out of hibernation, and when it comes out, this is in my sermon notes, very angry. Mm. The bear, Russia today, under President Putin wants to rebuild the old Soviet Union. No doubt about it. That's why he wants the Ukraine back. Because Ukraine was part of it. We can't argue with, with, with history. You can't rewrite history, can you? Mm -hmm. It was part of it. He annexed the Crimea in 2014. I went to the Ukraine then when that happened. And he wants Ukraine back. He wants all the countries back that have declared independence from the old Soviet Empire. That's what's going on right now. How can it be that a system that collapsed in 1990 is in Bible prophecy mm. has been very powerful in end time prophecy. <laughs> Can you make this up or what? No. I, mean, I don't think so. No. You can't. And so we've got in Ezekiel 38, Russia with its allies is going to invade Israel. Now, this is, this is what I think is my opinion. And I humbly confess it's my opinion. Okay. I can be wrong. We can all be wrong, so please don't fall out with me because of my opinion. I respect your opinion and just wish you could share your opinion with us on this now. But let me give my opinion at least. So, Russia with Persia. Persia is the Old Testament, Old Testament name for modern Iran. Many people in Iran still call themselves Persians. I, I've got a lot of Iranian friends and they still regard themselves as Persians to speak Farsi, one of the oldest languages in the world. Iran with Persia and the other country mentioned in Ezekiel 38 is Turkey. Who are the three countries today in Syria, in force? Russia, Iran and Turkey. Mm -hmm. You can't make that up. Mm. Why are they there? Where is Syria on the northern borders of Israel? You can't make that up. Now, here's the point. While the whole world's focus is on the Ukraine, which it has been 24-7, while the whole world's focus on Ukraine, Russia doubled their presence in Syria with inter intercontinental ballistic missiles, with warfare, with military equipment, with everything, right? Now, the Bible prophesies in Isaiah 17 that Damascus is going to be destroyed. And guess where they store in all their missiles? It's in Damascus. Mm -hmm. Something's about to happen there. When that happens, that will trigger the invasion of Israel because Israel will get the blame. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. So we've got Russia... We've got Turkey, we've got Iran with their allies going to invade Israel, Ezekiel 38. And what will the West do? Sheba and Dedan and Tarshish and the young lions, it says, which is the West. Okay. Do you know what they're going to do? They're going to protest. I believe President Putin is, is testing the water. I mm -hmm. honestly believe it. He's testing the resolve of the West to see what will happen. So this is the time for him to rebuild his Soviet empire to do what he wants to do, to be threatened with sanctions and protest, which is, which is a, a warm-up for what will happen when Ezekiel 38 takes place and he invades Israel. And what will the West do? They'll protest. But mm -hmm. nobody will come to Israel's defense. How about that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is going to happen to Israel then when that happens? Mm -hmm. God's going to turn up because ultimately God uses that nation to show the world how powerful he is. He chose that nation 
because he wanted to bless the world through that nation. When the world turns against that nation, stops God's blessing. Now God's going to use that nation to show the world what a mighty God he is. No other nation will come to their defense. Israel will not even fight in the battle. God Almighty. It, we read it. Read it. Ezekiel 38. He sends earthquakes. He sends fire from heaven. And the enemy is absolutely destroyed mm -hmm. because God is going to shake this world one more time, Dudley. Mm -hmm. God loves this world. God loves every single person on this planet. He's going to shake this world one more time to give this world one more chance to repent. I believe that with all my heart because, listen, if God destroyed the world before for sin and only eight people survive, God hasn't changed when it comes to the way that he deals with sin. Sin brings judgment. Mm -hmm. he, but God is a loving God. And before he brings judgment, I believe he's going to shake the world one more time, Ezekiel 38, and show this world what a mighty God he is and give this world an opportunity to repent before it's too late. Absolutely. Getting back to Israel just for a minute, um, we've said before that, um, you know, God's purposes are working out in Israel, but every Israeli, every uh, American, every African, every Australian, every Brit, Every human being on this planet has to come to the realization of salvation for themselves individually. Yep. And so what we're talking about today is not is not uh, personal salvation because that's in Jesus Christ for every man on the confession of our sins and the reception of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But the purposes of God are working out prophetically on the nation of Israel. And that is what you're saying today. God uses this nation to show us what kind of a God he is. They've been faithless towards him. They've been unfaithful. They've gone off after other idols. They've, they, they've turned their back on him, but he still remained faithful to them. He uses this nation to show us what kind of a God he is. Mm. When everybody turns against, every nation turns against Israel, God is still for them, right? When no other nation comes to their defense, God turns up. And I want you to know today that if everybody's against you, God is for you. Absolutely. I really want to get that in your heart right now. If everybody's, if every circumstance is against you, every situation is against you, if you feel like giving up, you're in a valley of dry bones, there seems no way out, hear the word of the Lord. God is for you. He saw you in your mother's womb. Before the foundation of the world, he ordained you would be alive at this time in history. What an amazing thing is that. Mm -hmm. God is for you, and if God is for us, who can be against us? That's what it says in, in the book of Romans. <laughs> yeah. God is for you, who can be against who you? Who can be against us? Yes. And that's what Ezekiel 38 is all about. Yes. When nobody comes to their defense, God stands up. Watch this space. <laughs> oh, wow. Watch this space, right? <laughs> God stands up, shakes the world with earthquakes and fire from heaven. I mean, we think we've had a few storms now recently, don't we, really? Yeah. We haven't seen nothing yet. Wow. We've seen nothing yet. He's going to shake this world, wow. and the whole world will know that God is God. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a sure reality vision partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner.
If you've just joined us, hello, my name is Dudley Anderson, so good to have your company. You're listening to the half-hour talk show called The Reality, talking about the reality of real life as found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more, please drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're featuring the Reality Bible Special with Pastor Peter Jenkins. Peter has been sharing his opinion of the prophecies of Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, referring to a major battle that will eventually ensue between Israel and nations to its north, including the ancient nation of Magog under its prince Gog. Magog was the second of seven sons of Japheth, mentioned in the Table of Nations in Genesis chapter 10. The descendants of Magog are the Scythians, a peoples north of the Black Sea, which is today Russia. Russia, under the rule of Vladimir Putin, has declared war on the European nation of Ukraine. NATO, the EU and most Western nations view this attack as unsubstantiated, violating international law. The real reason why Putin has invaded Ukraine, the world does not know. Yet, biblically, Russia is prophesied as a nation that will eventually form an alliance with nations north of Israel against God's people. Pastor Peter Jenkins has been expounding his opinion on the prophecies of Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 in view of recent world affairs regarding Russia. Let's pick up our conversation once again with Pastor Peter Jenkins for today's The Reality Bible Special. Some fascinating stuff today as we're looking at Ezekiel 38 and 39 now with Pastor Peter Jenkins on the Reality Bible Special, getting God's Word into us and and looking at world affairs really and uh, seeing what has been transpiring around the world and specifically with regard to Russia and Ukraine and Israel and its part. Gog and Magog, the the northern kingdoms that would uh, come against Israel in these battles. Fascinating stuff. And let me just say, if you have any questions, please drop us a note, dudley at surereality.net. If you'd like to contact Pastor Peter Jenkins, I'd love to forward that on on your behalf. Dudley at surereality.net. Love to hear from you. Now, Pastor Peter, we've been talking about Israel, we've been talking about Russia, we've been talking about world affairs, but how does that apply to me in my little life? You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, 28, it says this, Therefore, since we, you and I, are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us, you and me, have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. What's my part in world affairs? This is a very good question, and I think that, for me personally, it shows me how small I am, Mm. but yet how big God is. This is what I'm increasingly discovering, you know. One thing sure about the future is we were all going to die. I mean, this is a fact. (laughs) We don't like talking about it, but it's the one sure thing that will happen that most people are totally unprepared for. Mm. And what's going to happen after that? What will happen after we die? What What is eternity? Is there life after death? These are questions that people don't like discussing, but these are the most important questions. When, when, I, read, when I read what God's going to do in Ezekiel 38, I've just got to mention this. It says he's going to bring pestilence, he's going to bring hailstones, fire and brimstone, mm. and earthquakes. Mm. Now, a pestilence is a contagious disease, which is a pandemic. Mm. The sounds, world has been... Sounds familiar. <laughs> Doesn't it? Can you believe this? Yeah. The world's been crippled with a pandemic. God's going to bring a pandemic and there won't be no vaccine against it. Trust me, right? Mm. There won't be a vaccine against that. Hailstone, fire and brimstone is going to do this. Why? So that the world will realize 
how powerful he is. Mm. He's been knocking on the door, and he's knocking on the door of your life today. Mm. He's a very patient God, you see. He could kick the door in, you know, because mm. he is God. Mm. He could blow us away. I am one breath away from meeting God, Dudley. Mm. That is the reality of life. My friend, my best friend, died just a few weeks ago. He was in church on Sunday, and on Tuesday, no sign, no warning or anything. He was with God. Mm. How amazing, you know. We're one breath away from meeting God. That's that's the reality of it. God, you've got to love him so much because he loves you so much. Mm. He's knocking on the door of your life, mm. gently knocking. But you know, the boat's on the inside, and you've got to pull back the boat. Now, he could kick the door in, but he doesn't do that because he knocks on the door, mm. waiting for you to open the door. But there's coming a time, there's coming a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So you see, the fact is every human being will confess Jesus Christ as Lord in the future. Some through choice, others because they will have to. How much better to do it through choice? Through choice. How much mm. better? When Jesus hung on the cross, there was two criminals with him, one either side, and this represents the whole of humanity. One man said, Lord, remember me, and the other died in his sin. Now, which one are you going to be? Mm. Are you going to call on the Lord for mercy while he's knocking on the door? Will you open the door and let him in? So that doesn't, de doesn't just deal with today. That deals with all of eternity. Mm. I'm talking about dealing with eternity right now. Because you've invited Christ into your life. It's not just about today and tomorrow. It's about all eternity. God is God. He's almighty. There is only one true God, and he's the mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And the time is coming, we read in Ezekiel 38, when he's going to show the world how mighty he is. He's Amen. done it in the past. He opened up the Red Sea. Amen. He opened up the River Jordan. Mm. He's done it in the past. He created light by the power of his word, 186,000 miles a second. It travels around. How powerful do you want God to be, right? Mm. There's 100,000 million stars, and there's 100,000 million galaxies. So how many stars is that? You couldn't even begin to think, but he calls them all by name. I'm talking about a mighty God. Mm. A mighty God. He's so mighty, he reveals himself in Ezekiel 38. But you know something? Is revealing himself right now. Amen. How amazing is this? He's mighty, but he's loving. He's gentle. He wants to be your father. We will all stand before God one day, either as our judge or our father. Amen. I'm so glad I made the decision. <laughs> you see, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you can't get past the second word if you don't know him as your father. You get stuck on the second word. You can only say our, and then you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> the moment Christ comes into your life as your Lord and Savior, Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me. So when you invite Christ into your life, well, why didn't you do that right now? Say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for the things I've done wrong. We've all done things wrong. I'm sorry for those things. I believe you died on the cross to pay the price of my sin. God raised you from the dead to give me eternal life. And right now, I invite you into my life. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I accept you as my Savior so that your Father is my Father. And when I stand before God, he won't be my judge. He'll be my Father. What a fantastic thing. Amen. Amen. How amazing is that? When, I went to, when my dad was alive and I used to go into his house, because it was my father's house, 
I could go in the fridge and have a, have a drink. I could even put my feet up on the settee. He didn't say anything. Do you know why? Because it was my father's house. You know what Jesus called heaven? Father's house. If you don't know God as your father, you wouldn't even be at home in heaven. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that just now with Pastor Peter, drop me a note, dudley at surereality.net. Email me, dudley at surereality.net. You know, a verse that I picked up as we were looking through Ezekiel 38 and 39 says this, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, uh, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And we've spoken about that. But then it says, and I will be jealous for my holy name. Mm-hmm. You know, our God is a jealous God, but not jealous like you and I know jealousy. In fact, the word jealous comes from the word zealous. Mm. God is a zeal for you and for me, a desire and I say that with all deep reverence and respect, I don't know the heart of God, but I know that he is zealous. He has a desire for you, for me, for our listener, to come to know that grace, that purpose of God for our lives. And he's jealous for that. Uh, you know, um, I'm jealous of my wife, not in a negative sense, but I, I, I want her for myself, mm. you know, because she's my wife. Mm. And so God wants you for himself. He wants Israel for himself mm. and ultimately the world because it says in the scripture that it's God's will that none should perish, but come to know the grace of God. So what is your thought on, on, on the jealousy of God? It's a very profound thing, really, because we see jealousy as a very negative thing. And it is a negative thing, isn't it, really? I want to share something that's just dropped in my heart, because I've been asked this question this week. What is the unforgivable sin? How big is this question? right? What is... How many people have said to me in 60 years of ministry, have I committed the unforgivable sin? Shall I tell you what the unforgivable sin is? Mm -hmm. The unforgivable sin is the sin that refuses to be forgiven. (laughs) If you refuse God's offer of forgiveness, then Mm -hmm. your sin is unforgivable. That's what the unforgivable sin is, Dudley, the sin that refuses to be forgiven. So why would you commit the unforgivable sin, which is refusing God's offer of forgiveness. Mm. How amazing is that? Amen. You couldn't even imagine how much God loves you. Amen. For all eternity, we'll be discovering how much God loves you. Amen. And if you feel like your world has been shaken like the world has been shaken today, turn to the Lord. He will give you strength and stability. Uh, Jesus said that he is a rock. A rock cannot be shaken. (laughs) And you turn your heart over to him because he's got a plan for you. Another plan will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Pastor Peter, thank you so much for your time as we've discussed uh, these chapters in the book of Ezekiel. An email address again if you've felt that God has spoken to you. Dudley at surreality.net. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Pastor Peter, for joining us today on The Reality Bible Special. Well, today on The Reality Bible Special with Pastor Peter Jenkins, we've been discussing our part in world affairs looking at Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. Now leave us with this thought. Do you sense the shaking of God upon your life as God is shaking the world affairs at this time? Perhaps Jesus is knocking on your door. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Perhaps God is shaking your life, knocking on your door. So open that door today. God is shaking the world God is shaking your life and my life. Come to the side of God. 
If you do, you can have confidence that none can stand against you and that nothing will separate you from the love of God. In Him, you are more than a conqueror. If that's you, I encourage you to pray a prayer like this. Dear Father, I'm sorry for the stuff in my life that has kept me away from you. I repent of sin and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart as I give my life to you. Thank you for shaking my life. Thank you for knocking on my door. I open that door and I invite Jesus into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. If that's you, I'd love to hear from you and maybe send you some more information. Write to me by email dudley at surereality.net. Dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please prayerfully consider becoming a vision partner with us by going to the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless.